Welcome to Life and Food with Chef Mimi, where the art of living meets the joy of cooking. In 2020, Mimi transformed her life through her culinary skills, creating macro-balanced meals that led to an astounding 85-pound weight loss. So join us as we delve into our secrets for leading an amazing life while still enjoying incredible food, here on Life and Food with Chef Mimi. Okay, welcome back, listeners. And as I teased in our last podcast, tonight we are going to talk about falling in love with exercise. So I'm going to lead off here just by asking the question, when did that happen for you? When did this go from being this incredible challenge that you faced when you first started out to suddenly this became a reward? It became something that you really enjoyed. I think for me, it was when I started to see results. And when I say results, I don't mean weight loss. I don't mean anything like that. I mean, when I started to see myself being a stronger person and a more fit person, you know, we talk about like falling in love with exercise. And I think that you have to be good at something before you can love it. So if anyone ever said to me, hey, uh, do you love skiing? I would be like, well, I've, I've never been skiing. So you have to develop a consistent practice for a while before you can get to a place where you can really have feelings about it. So I think for me, it was a decent, I would say, three to six months after being in the gym when I started hitting some some goals that I had set for myself, when I started, you know, noticing differences in what I was able to do. For example, not being able to be, to do a plank at all to, you know, being able to do a plank for a minute. Uh, just measure small, incremental, measurable things. And it was no longer so difficult that it was torturous. It was difficult, but I was getting an endorphin rush afterwards. And so even though it was maybe not so fun and I wasn't loving it 100% the whole time I was working out, at the end, I never think to myself, man, I wish I didn't do that. At the beginning, that first three months, for sure, I, I would literally be in the middle of it and think, why am I here? And I would leave and I would think, why did I do that? <laughs> this is a terrible idea. But after that first three months, when I started to push through how difficult it was physically, and I started to gain an actual fitness level, and I started to be able to challenge myself with heavier weights, I started to be able to feel good about what I was accomplishing. That's when I started getting those endorphins afterwards, after a great workout, thinking, man, I'm so glad I did that. I feel so good. It's, you know, a lot like any sort of change that you make in your life. You know, I know that we talked in the first few episodes about me stopping drinking. You know, I I didn't really notice any major results the first week, except, you know, I was really difficult and I was super crabby. And, you know, at the end of 30 days, I was kind of like, well, you know, I, I do feel better. I'm sleeping better. And I feel like my anxiety is a little less. At the end of 60 days, physically, I felt amazing. I had such clarity and I felt so physically well. So I think with anything that you do, any change that you make, you have to give it time for your body to adjust to it. I mean, our bodies love a, a stasis point. Our, our bodies love when we're when we're working on losing weight, building muscle. Our bodies want to stay exactly where they are. It is comfortable that way, and we have to kind of push through uh, these barriers and these plateaus to get to our final goals or to the next goal. So I think you know my first point here is that just that you you have to actually maintain a consistent exercise practice in order for you to fall in love with it. 
And that can look a little different. I think there's a misconception that you have to be in a gym, you have to be going to Planet Fitness, you have to be going to a CrossFit gym, you have to be doing marathons. You know, exercise can look like a lot of things. Uh, There are people that absolutely love jump rope, whatever. I mean, it's not my thing. Maybe Uh, it's because I've had kids, but... I can't can't think of anything I would rather do less than jump rope. Even when I was in the best shape of my life, I still hated jumping rope. Same, same. Some people love to dance. I mean, if if you think that you are burning more calories by going to the gym and jogging on the treadmill for an hour than someone who goes out and does salsa dancing for an hour, you would be sadly mistaken. You're delusional. A hundred percent. So, you know, I mean, that's the thing, too, is that... You know, don't choose an exercise that you're going to hate. You know, what are you naturally good at? What do you enjoy? If you are coming to this later in your life, were you an athlete in high school? Did you run track and love it? Hey, guess what? You're really going to like running on treadmills at the gym. Were you a football player and worked out in the gym with your team, you know, when you were in high school? Hey, guess what? You're really going to love lifting. It's, It's a matter of finding something. You have to start from the presupposition of, I'm doing this because I want to enjoy it. I'm doing this to care for myself. Part of that is mental and part of it is physical. Part of it is emotional. So choose something that you can fall in love with. Choose something that you already know that you're going to fall in love with. We all have a certain base level of self-understanding. I know that relaxing in the evening does not involve TV for me. I I don't like to sit still if I'm just watching something. However, give me Legos to sort or a very small model to build or something really intricate to do with my hands and I I will be drooling. I'm so relaxed. It's amazing. So I think for all of us, we have this, we have this self perception that we know, we already intrinsically know, like that's going to appeal to me. Some people love group fitness classes, Zumba, oh my gosh, dance fitness. So many people love dance fitness. It is not for me. You will never see me in a dance fitness class, not a single time ever in my life. It will never happen. However, it is a fantastic jumping off point for a lot of people. Do you think it makes sense for people to think back to a time in their life when they were physically active or they encountered an activity that they really enjoyed doing and see that as a place where they could start? Yeah, absolutely. If you were a 90s kid like I was and you were 16 and going to the club with your friends and you absolutely love dancing, then sure, you know, dance fitness is a great place to start. You know, I already gave the example of if you ran track in high school or you were a football player, you know, I think it's a great idea. You just go back to when you remember that feeling of physical exertion, of body movement that felt joyful to you, even if it was as a child. What were you doing? What's the closest thing that, that, you know, where you could get to that same feeling? And that does come back. It's funny, you know, you forget about things from your childhood, sometimes until you go through it with your own children, or until you experience something again in your adult life. And I used to play soccer when I was young, and I was a center forward. So I ran a lot. I was actually generally physically active as a child, very physically active, even though I was heavy. And so I absolutely loved that lung burning, hair kind of blowing back feeling of just racing down the soccer field, you know, after the ball. And and I didn't really remember how much I loved that until I started running on treadmills. And I would get that same feeling that just flat out, all out sprint And there's a joy in that, like there's a a joy in movement that's involved there that I remember now from being a little kid. Growing up on a farm, I had to do a lot of very physical 
heavy lifting kind of labor on a constant basis, mucking out stalls and throwing bales of hay and all the good fun stuff. And at the time, I just, I hated every vivid second of it. I just, I loathed it. But when it came into my adulthood and I started looking at ways to work out and I started finding my own place in physical fitness, lifting actually turned out to be the place that worked for me. Even though as a kid I didn't love it, I knew it. I knew exactly how to do it. And that time in my childhood and my teen years had also built into me a base level of strength that had sort of hung around. So it was more a case of just reactivating it. Yeah. Well, I think you have to get good at something before you can love it. And so that's why it's important to choose something that you're going to enjoy and choose something that you will naturally already be good at or that you have a natural tendency towards. And then the other thing too, you know, we talked about this last week and and it's a very common theme for me. And so it's going to come up a lot. So if you're sick of hearing about it, I'm sorry, because this is not going to be the last time. You have to shift your mindset from this being something that's a chore and being something that's a punishment to just being something that you do. This is just who I am. This is what I do. This is part of my life. It has to become a non-negotiable. I am a person who goes to the gym or I am a person who works out or I am a person who runs or I am a person who dances, whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't, you know, insert favorite activity here, but you have to lose that idea that it's a punishment or it's a chore or it's just something on your to-do list and you have to let it become a passion for you. And that's how you will cultivate the love that you can find in it. And then once you do find that thing and you start, it's going to be hard. I don't want to say to you like, oh, you go to the gym and by the second week, you're going to be just crushing it and it's going to be amazing. If you're coming from a, a place of inactivity, like that I was when I started in the gym, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while no matter what you choose. And during that time period, there's not going to be a whole lot of positive feelings. This is where the discipline we talked about last week uh, really comes into play. You have to just stick through that really hard part because it will come back around. You know, you're going to make it through that tough part and you will have that capacity for joy. Once you're in the gym and and you're doing all this and, and you've made it past that initial difficult part, then the best thing to do is to start setting small goals. It would be fantastic if you joined a a gym or a, you know, let's say Zumba or something like that where they have milestone classes or they have competitions. I'm a very competitive person by nature, and so it was really fortuitous for me that the gym that I joined at first had a lot of different um, competitions, even if it was just something where you were competing against yourself. So every couple weeks, they would start something where it was, you know, how long can you do a wall set? Uh, How many squats can you do with X amount of weight? Just little things like that. It wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't, you know, some sort of insane workout. It was just benchmarks. And it was wonderful to watch, for me at least, to go from a position of, you know, like not being able to do a plank to then trying to achieve a a one-minute plank. One of my greatest, it happened that summer after I started working out, I guess it had been about six months, but we had a wall set challenge. And I'm very stubborn and I am very competitive and I can dig very, very deep when I am challenged. And so 
we had this wall sit challenge and we were able to try it as many times as we wanted. And we just could keep logging our longest time. There were very fit people in this class with me. And there were people that were champion wall sitters. I think my longest wall sit had been maybe five minutes, which is a pretty long time. Okay. But there were people that were pulling seven, eight minute wall sits. And I don't know what it was about this, but I just decided I'm just going to, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat everyone. And I did a 10 minute wall sit. I don't know even how I did it. I remember when I was done and I started to walk away, I I literally just stumbled and almost fell over on the ground because my legs didn't work anymore. But the amount of joy that I got as someone who was really not a super fit person at that point, um, who was definitely not the most fit person in class, to see my name at the top of the leaderboard with that 10-minute mark next to it and even have the the very fit people say like oh no there's no way I, I can't I can't catch you you got that one like you you won this one there's no way I can do that that started the love for me that the achieving of goals really is what lit the fire I there's nothing that I love more than checking something off my to-do list you know putting a bow on the, the end of something you know finishing something out and finishing it well or placing in a competition. I'm in a challenge right now with a Facebook group that I'm in, and we have specific movement goals for each day and specific weight goals for any exercises that we do. And I I logged on this morning and I had moved up like six places in the leaderboard and I almost ran around the house once, like did a lap just because I was so excited that because I was so consistent this week that I moved up in the leaderboard. I'm on like page three out of six pages now. I'm like halfway through the group. That's what keeps me motivated. And that's what cultivates the love and, and, you know, the discipline that I have found now in being an active person. So find what you like to do. Find a great place to do that. Stick it out through the really tough part where it's all going to suck. And then as you start to gain some competence in what it is that you're doing, start setting measurable goals so that you can have that feeling of accomplishment. Say goodbye to guilt from feeding your family drive through and hello to Mimi's macros. Mimi, our master chef, crafts meals that kids love, making dinnertime a breeze. No more settling for fast food or delivery. Treat your family to wholesome goodness. Visit Mimi'sMacros.com to check delivery availability in your area. You can order as little or as much as you want with no obligations. Mimi's Macros. Let us do the cooking. You focus on life. So... The next thing I want to talk about here is boredom. If you are doing the same thing over and over and over again, eventually you're going to start to get bored. So I think it's important to not get stuck in a rut unless you're a person who absolutely thrives on routine and you need to do the same thing every Monday. Every Monday is leg day. You do three sets of 15 reps of these eight exercises. I mean, you are just, and if you don't do that, you feel like you're going to die, then then absolutely, please don't switch it up. Stay with your routine. But um, I think for me, I'm I'm a very like sort of socially active person. I, I like to do a lot. I like to move around a lot. So, you know, I've done a lot of different things and I do a lot of different things um, as far as working out. So 
I've tried, you know, a bunch of different gyms. I go to any, anytime there's a free class somewhere and I've never done a specific thing except for dance fitness because you will never ever find me in a dance fitness class ever, not a single time ever in my life. But um, if there's, you know, some sort of gym and they're running a special and they're like, you know, come to our, you know, whatever, whatever group fitness class, the first class is free. I'll go check it out um, just to see what it's like. You know, what's the, what is their setup? You know, does it work well for me? Do I like it? I tried a CrossFit gym. I know CrossFitters, you all, it is it is a faith for you, but I quickly injured myself, which I feel like is often the case at CrossFit gyms. And I think a lot of times that has more to do with form. Um, it's not necessarily the gym itself. It's that you're doing a lot of different movements that if you're coming from a more traditional gym, you're not used to doing. So I, I did I did like it. I didn't love it. I liked it, but I did injure myself and I had to really scale back. Well, let's talk about the injury aspect for a minute, because that often is a way that people end up getting derailed. I mean, the the risk of injury is real, especially if you're a person who is really overweight or you're really out of shape or, you know, your fitness level is really low. It's just something that you have to be careful about. And I think it's important that wherever it is that you start going, you bring those concerns to whoever is leading the class or doing the training and saying like, hey, and, and trust me, trainers love this because, you know, they're looking for a way to help you improve and they don't really know you yet. And so if you're proactive and you say, hey, these are my goals, this is what I'm trying to get out of this class. Hey, can you pop over here and let me know if X, Y, and Z is happening? You know, so for me, form has always been really important. I'm very strong. And so a lot of times if an exercise is hard for me or I'm using a weight that's too heavy, I can still lift it but I'm lifting it wrong. I'm relying on the wrong muscle groups for that. So I've always had that conversation with trainers at the beginning saying like, hey, form is really important for me. I am really strong. I can handle a lot of weight. It's more important for me to do it with less weight in really fantastic form so that I don't injure myself than it is for me to increase the weight super fast. And like I said, trainers absolutely love that. They want to know what motivates you. They want to know why you're there because it's a passion for them. They're doing it because they absolutely love it and they want to help people. And if you're proactive and you come to them and say, I need X, Y, and Z from you, and I respond well to this, that, and the other thing, you're basically just like laying everything out for them and they're going to push you harder. They're going to coach you better because they know exactly what you need. You know, so one of the things that I love right now is I have a female trainer, uh, Katie Lieberman. She has a small private gym in Union and she has small group classes. And, you know, she's a woman, she's a mom. And I think she really understands like pelvic floor and core strength for women. And it's my favorite thing ever when I'm doing exercises and she'll just come over and say like, oh, tighten up right here. Or, you know, you're, you're, you're leaned a little bit too far forward, move back a little bit. And I shift around and I can literally feel my core engage and I'm so much stronger and I can feel, you know, how good that feels in my body. So it's, you know, a lot of times it's finding a, a trainer who really understands what you need specifically in your fitness level, but then just being careful, like don't try to do box jumps. If it's your second week in the gym and you can only squat your body weight, don't try to do a 24 inch box jump and just be careful. And some things are unavoidable. You know, I got a stress fracture in my foot, I think like three or four months into my gym journey and I had to wear a boot, and, but I did not stop going. I went every night with that boot on and I just 
just modified every exercise. I would be like, okay, what are we doing today? Oh, this? Well, I probably can't do that in the boot. What should I do instead? Because that consistency was important. You know, to be fair, whatever the injury is, obviously you have to rest it, but you can certainly do low impact cardio and things like that while you're healing. Yeah, I know you. Even if your leg had been cut off, you still would have gone and been like, I can still do this. Well, we're doing runs up the stairs. I'll hop. That's just <laughs> that's just who you are. I had made a commitment and I was going to follow through. It's frustrating paying for mail order meals that taste like cafeteria food. So say goodbye to paying for blah and hello to Mimi's Macros, where flavor meets convenience. Mimi ensures that every dish is a culinary masterpiece. In fact, Mimi is so confident that you will love her food that there are no subscriptions and no minimums. That's right, you can order as little or as much as you want with no obligations. Visit Mimi'sMacros.com to check delivery availability in your area. Mimi's Macros. Let us do the cooking. You focus on life. So yeah, so originally what I was talking about there was just, you know, not getting bored, making sure you incorporate variety. Uh, Right now, I personally switch back and forth between uh, this small private gym that I go to, and we do a lot of HIIT training, circuit training, a lot more lifting, very, very focused on core strength and good form. And then the other half of the time I go to Orange Theory and I run like a crazy person on a treadmill and feel amazing afterwards. And, you know, that works for me right now, but that's not to say that in six months I might decide that, you know, I want to... Take up a dance class? No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Do something other than a dance class. Um, But, you know, I think it's important to allow yourself that. You know, you don't owe anything to a gym or to a trainer. You know, this is about your journey and it's okay to hop around if you need to. What's more important just is that you continue going. And if you're a person who gets distracted easily and you need to do a lot of different things, that's fine as long as you're consistent and you're not hindering yourself by moving around too much. And then the other thing too is making what you're doing social if that's what you need. I'm a super social person in case you did not already figure that out. I don't like to dance, but I'm very social. I love small group classes. I love group training. I love boot camps. I love that camaraderie. And I push myself harder when I'm working out with people. I don't push myself nearly as hard when I'm alone. I also love working out with people that are stronger than I am because it challenges me. So for example, there's a lady that comes to the gym, um, the small gym where I work out, and she is very strong. And we'll be doing the circuit training and we'll be doing something on the cable machine and she'll move the weight from where it was. Let's say it was at 40 pounds and she'll move it up to 50 pounds and she'll complete the exercise at 50 pounds. So then when I get over there, I'm like, well, if she can do it at 50, I'm going to do it at 50. If she hadn't done that, I probably would have done it at 40 the whole time because that's what it was set at. And, you know, it's difficult enough. And so I'll just do it at 40. But because she moves it up and she challenges herself, then I see her doing that. And I'm like, well, if she can lift that, I can lift that. Not a competition. It's just I look at someone else doing it and say like, well, hey, you know, if they're pushing themselves this hard, I'm going to push myself this hard. You know, I deserve this too. I, I'm i I'm worth it. And the one day she had actually apologized. She said, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I moved the weight up. 
And I said, don't you dare apologize for that. Like, I absolutely love working out with you because I lift so much heavier and I push myself so much harder when you're in the gym. So you are an inspiration to me coming behind you and watching how much you can lift. It makes me want to do more. And for me, that's the social component is having other people to complain with or to celebrate with when you do something or you hit a milestone, you know, having a trainer or even just gym buddies come over to help you with your form or spot you on a difficult lift or just demand accountability. Hey, I haven't seen you at the gym. Hey, are you still coming to class? You know, I really got out of my routine with lifting and I was just doing orange theory a lot and uh, one of the ladies that goes to that gym just happened to reach out to me and say, haven't seen you at Katie's gym and we really miss you. And that's what I needed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I miss you guys too. And so I booked a class for the next week and showed up and everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're back, you know, and it's fantastic. You know, I, maybe I needed a little break. I was really, I was doing a lot of cardio and I was really enjoying working on running. And, you know, now I'm kind of juggling both of those things, the lifting and the running. But Either place I go, I do know people, and that sense of community is important. I would not have the same positive feelings about it if I was just walking into a gym by myself, putting my headphones on, and, and zoning out. But you don't have to be a social person. It doesn't have to be the thing for you. Absolutely not. Like I was saying before about you know switching things up if you get bored, you might be a creature of habit and routine might be incredibly important to you. And if that's the case, then... Don't switch things up. Do your find your routine. You know, get an app that shows you what exercises you should be doing or have your little notebook, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. But if you're just not a social person or you don't feel like socializing with people while you are working out, then yes, go to the gym, put your headphones on, do the exact same thing every time you go. That consistency is important. That habit is important. I'm sharing what works for me, and I think it works for a lot of women. You know, women are more likely to go to group fitness classes. Men are much more likely to go to the gym and put their headphones on. They maybe have a couple gym buddies, but they're doing their thing on their own. For women, you know, we love to socialize and we love to chat and it's, you know, we're very friendly and it does help. It helps with the accountability. It helps with the boredom. If you do get into a rut with things, and it helps to just have that community of people that'll lift you up and celebrate you. Again, it's not necessary, but these are just the things that I've found have helped me and the things that I look forward to. You know, when I've had to take time off from the gym, for example, after having my last C-section and I was out for six to eight weeks, those were the things that I missed. You know, I missed that feeling after a workout, that feeling of accomplishment and endorphins that joy, you know, I missed that joy that I got afterwards. And I missed the joy of the camaraderie and the people that I was working out with. I missed the the feeling of competence and strength that I would have during a workout. All of those things together equal joy to me, physical joy and movement, joy in my body. It's about prioritizing yourself. This is another theme that's going to come up a lot, you know, self-care, I really hate that term. I hate it so much because I feel like it's been co-opted to mean something that it really doesn't mean. There was this fantastic quote that I found right at the beginning of my journey, and I don't remember 100% what it said, but it said something like, we call it self-care because if we called it radical self-change that would stretch every fiber of your being, no one would want to do it. Self-care is oftentimes 
difficult things. It's about disciplining yourself. And it's about taking care of yourself like you would take care of a child, where you're setting boundaries and limits for them and saying, you can't have six cookies. You may only have one and you will go to sleep at eight o'clock tonight and you will not stay up late on your phone or reading or whatever else because you have to get up in the morning and function all day. And yet then we turn around and say like, oh, well, my self-care is that I lay in bed and I watch TikToks until two o'clock in the morning because, you know, my day was stressful. But then you wake up in the morning and you feel like crap or you can't go to the gym. It might feel good at the time when you're doing it, but it's not self-care. That's more like self-soothing. Yes. And sometimes it's self-sabotage. You know, soothing things are not necessarily good for you. So self-care to me, when I talk about self-care or self-worth or changing your mindset or, or things like that, what I'm really meaning is loving yourself enough to tell yourself no about a lot of things, whether that's spending money on certain things whether that's eating what you're eating right now, whether that's sitting on the couch watching TV every night instead of going to the gym, a lot of things. It might feel better to buy the thing, to eat the thing, to sit on the couch, but it's not good for you. So self-care to me is really an offshoot of self-discipline. You have to find the things where you need a change, where it's unhealthy, and then you have to care about yourself enough, like you would care about another person, to change yourself for yourself, not for anybody else. No one is going to come in your room at 1.30 in the morning when you're watching TikToks and say, hey, this isn't very good for you. Hey, you should probably go to bed. Like, I mean, you're an adult, right? Like, this is, this is on you. You have to do it for yourself. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. But while I'm out signing Mimi up for a dance fitness class, here's some previews for next week's podcast. Actually, I didn't have a plan to do this at all. But, you know, after you have each little baby, you try to get healthy again. And I had had my fourth son and decided to try to lose the weight from that pregnancy and joined a gym, started signing up for different nutrition programs on my own. And found myself questioning some of the things that were being taught to me. He lost over 100 pounds. Wow. He did have his wife who was also in the program. And she was, I will say, she did meal prep, all of his stuff. You know, okay. <laughs> so she was hitting her macros and his. And right. I'm like, you know, you know, it's your wife. But <laughs> but did they, so they did it together, they but did without it together. exercising. Correct. Correct.